Hi, I'm Sam Hawley, coming to you from Gadigal Land. This is ABC News Daily. Anthony Albanese says he wants to end the climate wars. But tomorrow, the battle will only intensify when legislation to force big polluters to cut their emissions comes before the parliament. Today, a long-time climate reporter on how the government's plan would work and why opposition keeps building. I'm Marion Wilkinson, freelance journalist and author of The Carbon Club. Mm, and this is an issue that you have covered for a very, very long time now. That's right. <laughs> and for years, Marion, we've been hearing about the climate wars in Australian it's politics. An opportunity that Australia has to end the climate wars, an opportunity to reach for solutions, not arguments. Give me a sense of when that began, these climate wars. Well, they'd been going really back to the Howard days, mm. but they took off in a very dramatic way when Kevin Rudd came into power mm-hmm. and he wanted to bring in a rather inelegantly titled Carbon Pollution carbon Reduction, pollution scheme. reduction mm-hmm. scheme. Climate change is one of the greatest enduring challenges that we face as a nation and as an international community. Our announcement today sets out that was basically a scheme that would force companies, industry, the electricity system to reduce their greenhouse emissions and set a target nationally to reduce emissions. Initially, the Liberal Party under Malcolm Turnbull wanted to go along with that, but Malcolm Turnbull was, of course, as we know, rolled by Tony Abbott (laughs) and thereafter began the carbon wars in its most ferocious form and that went on for a very long time. Higher concentrations of carbon dioxide, which is a plant food after all, are actually greening the planet and helping to lift agricultural yields. Strangely, it looks like Despite the election result, Peter Dutton is really flirting with setting off the climate wars again. Uh, Like we've seen in Germany where they're rationing power or in California where they're talking about rolling blackouts, uh, in the United Kingdom itself at the moment where uh, power prices... uh, Mm, Because we did have an election last year and I think it's safe to say that voters sent a really strong message on climate. The coalition lost 17 seats to the Teals, the Greens and Labor and one reason at least for that was climate. Climate certainly played a very big factor in the Teal vote. So it was assumed that the Liberal Party would perhaps change its position But I think what happened was that the members of the Liberal Party who were left behind and certainly of the National Party who managed to hang on to their seats were from Queensland and a number of regional areas and they think that sticking to their climate policy, their very unambitious climate policy, is the way to maintain votes with their constituencies. So let's run through, Marianne, what Labor 
wants to do to achieve this target that it's set, this mm-hmm. 43% by 2030? And just to remember, of course, the coalition's target was much lower than that, around 26 to 28%. So it's a big jump. So they need to do a lot, don't they, to reach that target? They need to do a lot. And I think most people underestimate how difficult it is going to be to get even to that target. They've essentially got three big ideas. The first is rapidly reducing emissions in the electricity area. That's the rewiring the nation policy, as it's called. The second element is probably the EV policy, trying to get the transport area to shift over to electric vehicles where possible. But the third and probably most contentious area is this thing of getting the big emitting companies, the oil and gas industry, the aluminium industry, the steel industry, to reduce their emissions. And why that's so important is that their emissions are actually, in many cases, going up, not going down. Mm. It's an area that the previous government, the coalition government, treated with kid gloves. Mm -hmm. It's an area where Labor has stumbled before, so they're trying to do this very carefully. And so they're trying to reform something that's called the safeguard mechanism, a fairly ugly phrase. I was going to say, oh, this term, the safeguard mechanism, I think everyone sort of switches off, but, you know, don't switch off because it is actually very interesting (laughs) what they're trying to do with that. Just give us the history of that safeguard mechanism and what they want to do. Yeah, well, the safeguard mechanism, of course, ironically, was introduced under the coalition government during Malcolm Turnbull's time, but it was not very effective in bringing down industry emissions. In fact, in most cases, emissions, as I said, rose. What it means is that something like 215 large industrial facilities in Australia have a baseline where their emissions are set. And the government's idea is over the next seven years to 2030, those emissions will come down something like 4.9% each year. So it's a big effort to bring down emissions. Mm. And the method that everyone agrees on is that they hope the companies can employ new technologies, more efficient technologies, more uses of things like renewable energy to bring down those emissions. Where things get very tricky is when industries say, we don't have the technology to go that fast, we need to use so-called offsets, Mm -hmm. essentially ways of cutting your emissions by getting emissions reduced in another area, not in your industry, for example. Mm -hmm. In other words, industries will say, well, we'll buy offsets, we'll buy these things called Australian carbon credit units, which are offsets, and we'll use those to help reduce our emissions rather than reducing them ourselves as much as you want us to. Mm. And how do those carbon credits work? Yeah, and that is the (laughs) $64,000 question. The Emissions Reduction Fund creates incentives for businesses across Australia to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. In the wheat belt of WA, Carbon Conscious is earning carbon credits by planting trees. 
It means that farmers, for example, would say, I won't clear my land in this particular area of my property, I'll keep it to um, sequester carbon, in other words, to store carbon, and therefore I will uh, be helping the planet and I can sell my carbon credits out of it. Mm. But what's happened over the years is that there's been a lot of criticism of this scheme and the whole thing really was blown up last year when one of the key people who was a regulator in the scheme, Andrew McIntosh from the ANU, came out and said there is so many problems with these uh, with these units there's so much lack of transparency, lack of accountability that the scheme's ba- basically incredibly flawed. We've done mm. the evidence we have seen that somewhere in the order of 70 to 80% of the credits that are being issued are markedly low in integrity. So basically payments are being made to people to not chop down forests that were never going to be chopped down. That made it really difficult for the incoming Labor government because the scheme is so critical to the safeguard mechanism. So they set up a review, the Chubb review, and it essentially said, look, the scheme's okay, but it does need a lot of improvement. And that has now become hugely contentious, Mm. the findings of that uh, committee. Mm, So the, the waters are very muddy now, but what the government wants to do It wants 215 major polluting facilities to either cut their emissions by a lot, almost 5% a year, or buy these carbon credits. But then there's all these questions about whether the carbon credits actually work. And there's a lot of now criticism, isn't there, coming from Peter Dutton. So let's go back to him. What is he now saying about this scheme? Because this safeguards mechanism is crucial, isn't it, for the government to actually reach its target? Yes. Peter Dutton and the coalition party room have said they're not going to support it. Yes, and our our position's been clear. Uh, This is a a tax that's being imposed. Uh, It's three times the tax that Julia Gillard proposed it's going to drive up the cost of living. The arguments that Peter Dutton is using are essentially the arguments that Tony Abbott and others used before him. And Mm. the problem for, of course, Chris Bowen, the energy minister, and Anthony Albanese is that they now need both the Greens and the independent senator, David Pocock, and now one other, because Lydia Thorpe's defected from the Greens, to help them pass this legislation. And both uh, Senator Pocock and the Greens have a lot of questions and a lot of criticisms of the scheme themselves. How much new fossil fuels are you projecting out to 2030 and what the safeguard mechanism does about that? Because it certainly doesn't seem to stop any new coal, oil or gas facilities. Clearly there there are some issues with the way that we're actually creating carbon credits to allow uh, companies to to offset. Those have to have integrity if if we're serious about taking climate action. I think if the government wants to get this through, they will have to make some big changes Mm. to the carbon market. And I think they will have to do a lot more about the transparency of how these um, the carbon saved in these farming and agricultural products uh, is actually counted. 
And Marianne, what's your prediction? Can they get it done, do you think? Look, it sounds very tricky, but I do think the Greens, the Independents and Labor know that there is a very strong feeling within the majority of Australians that they want this done. So maybe I'm Pollyanna-ish these days, (laughs) but I think uh, the government can, with a lot of negotiation, get this through. Marion Wilkinson is a freelance reporter and author of The Carbon Club. Anthony Albanese says he wants Parliament to have voted on the legislation by March and the scheme to be in place by July. This episode was produced by Flint Duxfield, Sydney Peed and Chris Dengate, who also did the mix. Our supervising producer is Stephen Smiley. I'm Sam Hawley. ABC News Daily will be back again tomorrow. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.